episode seven? Seven, seven. right? Seven. 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 Mm-hmm. Recording number six, episode number seven. Mm-hmm. This is going to get wilder as we go along. Uh, Sensorites. It's fine. Dear. Gam. Last, last we saw our adventurers, they were in the TARDIS, mm-hmm. and mysteriously they were in nowhere. They were mm-hmm. inside something, mm-hmm. and there's nothing but static. What mm-hmm. happened? Pray uh, tell. They landed somewhere and some stuff happened, and then they left. Hey, that's my fucking joke. That's the episode. Bye, that's my everybody. fucking joke. That's, Bye, that's, that's my. Okay, first of all, we did that joke last week. Second okay, of all, it's my joke to go, stuff happens for a while. Mm-hmm. Don't fucking steal my joke. Uh, so the lights are spinning. They've landed inside of something or on top of something that's moving. Uh, the Ooh. scanner is covered with static, so they can't really see what's going outside. And they're like, hmm, maybe that's a magnetic field or something. And then that's never explained again. Uh, Barbara isn't sure uh, why they even leave the TARDIS. And everyone's changed since they left. And they're all reminiscing about how they've all grown up and it's been an adventure and they've been hanging out together ever since the moons of, or the the stuff the whatever of marinus i don't even care and that the one time that that one time with the with the cavemen like and and all these things and they're reminiscing and apparently we learned that the doctor argued with king george and i think punched him in the face no, he he said he wanted to. He, <clears throat> I can't remember if it was punched him in the face, but he was like, George, he had an argument with King George. Was it Henry the Eighth? I don't know. It, it, I am. I uh, am. And he was like, um, I'm gonna. No, that's Sam Strippen. Mm. Um, uh, he was like, Oh, lock me up in the tower, and the Doctor just kept laughing because that's where the TARDIS was. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh come on. Mm. So they're just like, you know, so uh, do not rush me. I'm the one talking here. They open the large Lego doors and they walk out to what looks to be like a spaceship. And I was like, wow, nobody's noticed. And then it fine. And then it appears that everyone's actually dead, like actually yep. dead. Um, But then they wake up <laughs> and the girl is only apparently a few years what? older than Susan. Uh, reminder, Susan is 15, and this actress, comparatively, looked like she was actually 17, so... Mm. Did she? She looked more kind like of. she was, like, 20 to me. 17 to 18 is what it felt like. Okay, that's it. We're looking it up. Alright, fine. You keep going, I'll tell you how old she is when I find um, out. They all apparently have watches on, but none of them are working because they're self-wound... And they talk about how the body is still warm. And the, the doctor just decides to peace out because there's nothing they can do about it. Like, you know, any normal person would do around some dead bodies. 22. Okay, whatever. She looked young. Uh, then the, the as soon as they're... As soon as they start leaving, the guy, uh, crew pilot... Pi- pilot? Crew pilot? Crew member... Uh, hunches over and goes, and then they get Ian to, no, they get, was it Ian or Barbara to grab something off of the wall and they put it on their chest and it's a heart resuscitator, but listen, we're in the far future, dear. As someone with heart problems, if your heart's not 
work I'm sorry, you are actually dead? There is no I'm just asleep. Yeah. No. We're in the fall future. Nuh uh. No. And they also apparently learned that they're from Earth, and they're apparently all of England is now different, and they're from the 28th century, and they don't know what yep. Big Ben is, because apparently Big all, because apparently all of history was wiped or something. I don't know. It's, Whatever. It doesn't matter. Keep going. Uh, okay. Uh, stop rushing me, Gam. God. It it's better for them to leave so that they're safe and it's better for them to not meddle in people's affairs but there's also something called the censorites that are mind controlling people and doing weird stuff and they put them in a deep sleep that gives them the appearance of death Ooh. <sighs> they, they even come to feed them and stuff for whatever reason and they just like don't like killing people because they keep taking care of them. But they do stop them from leaving. Like, for what, some reason, they can't leave. Uh, and then yeah. we see a hand move over the TARDIS with, like, an egg beater that's, like, been bent open. And then they literally... Everyone's like, hmm, I smell something burning. And then they just dismiss it. Like, it's nothing's happening. They're just like, hmm, that's weird. Um, and then they pull the lock out of the TARDIS. Like, as one... Piece. Dear, it's a sophisticated piece of technology. Uh, no, go ahead. Please explain to me how the sophisticated piece of technology works. It's a lock. <laughs> not it's that. not a, it's not it's not, not a normal part. lock. Okay. Uh-huh. That you could just they easily essentially burnt around it and pulled out the lock. That mm, sure. That's that's one of those things where it's like, don't think about the technological aspect mm. of it because that doesn't fucking matter. What matters is they burnt around it, pulled out the lock. Now okay. no one can get inside the TARDIS. Mm. Cool, got it. Alright, cool. So, uh, good gracious, uh, they took the opening mechanism because everyone finally Great turned box. around and went, oh no, there's no way we can get in. We don't even have the ability to break down the door because it would break the space-time continuum or something. I don't know. Something like that. It'd be bad. No, but whatever. It's, you are so picky. Um, well, you're, well, you're saying things that are blatantly wrong. I'm just saying what I wrote. <laughs> well, you're bad at writing notes then. Well, fine. I'm sorry that my notes aren't word for word about this dumb sci-fi show. So... You take that fucking... <laughs> We see the lady uh, pilot start yelling and talking about getting away from the sensorites, but there's no one on board, and then no one can control the ship, and it starts going into barrel rolls, and then this doctor somehow just fixes it, because he's not being mind-controlled, but the others are, and they're heading for a sensosphere, sensosphere, and they're like, it's only 19, 19 miles away, and we're going to crash into it. It's a tennis ball. Yep. It's, oh no, it's the size of a tennis ball. Oh no, we've hit it. It's gone fucking flying, sir. <laughs> a tennis ball in space. Oh no. 
Um, to, to give more context, like up on the screen, it it it, it, still, it shows that like it still looks a little bit away. So if you put it accurately, it, it looks like maybe a million miles away. Yeah. Um, but they say it's nineteen miles away, which means the size of the planet is considerably fucking small. Yes. Um. Then the pilot gets all upset that he couldn't move the switches and things, and the doctor's like, well, you're having your mind controlled. Like, that's just, like, that's obvious. Well, you're and, a little pussy. Yeah. I, I mentioned here that I was already missing Ian's really cool dragon shirt again. Like, it... It, it never comes back. Though. I know it never comes back, but it was so good. It was so it good. Hey, maybe one day, if they ever animate and release Marco Polo, you'll get to see it again. Maybe. I'll, I'll see its origin story. <laughs> you get to see <laughs> the coat's origin story. Yeah. So, Susan and Barbara go down the water hole and someone waves <laughs> a hand in, in front of the sensor. It's literally just, like, a port that, like, the door opens up and they walk down it and there's a sign that says water on it. So it's the water hole, Okay. Well, the sign that says water isn't on the door. It's, like, on the floor next to the door. Yeah, but it's the water hole. So, um, someone waves a hand in front of the sensor, closing it, and then we realize that it's Martin Capaldi. Martin Capaldi, who is, uh, Peter Capaldi and Martin Sheen merged into one human being. I sort of said that it looked a little bit like, uh, David Tennant instead of, uh... Whatever. Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. Yeah. It, it, he looks so much like Martin Sheen. Eh. Um. And then wait, hold on. The guy from Terminator. Hey, I'm a I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> um, I didn't mean my Martin Sheen. I meant Michael Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, I get Martin and Michael mixed. Come on, they're both M. They're both white. I mean, that's... Okay, yeah, I could see Michael Sheen. I could see Michael Sheen. Okay, now I understand, because I was like, how do you not fucking see it? It looks yeah. like exactly like him. Yeah. I'm like, oh, because they said Martin Sheen, not Michael Sheen. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, we see Martin Capaldi, and... They they hear this weird Michael Capaldi. Sorry, Michael. Well, okay, I wrote Martin Capaldi for most of this notes. So most well, of the that's notes. That's what they so call their gonna... son. Yes, that's what they call their son. They call yes. son. Yes. Um. So they hear this weird noise as this person is like dragging themselves around the floor, and I was like, oh, he's a zombie. And the door has apparently been locked from the other side, and the crew starts to worry about everyone else. But the door's been jammed on the other side, too. And then the crew starts begging Ian to stop trying to break into the door, even though he wants to save Barbara and Susan. And they're like, yeah. there's there's sensorites in there, maybe. And so he and so we cut back to Barbara and Susan and the guy tries to, like, lunge at and or take a bite out. I wasn't really sure what he was trying to do. A uh, Barbara. And he just kind of falls. I think he knows what he was doing. <laughs> he, would, he just kind of falls over and eats shit, honestly. Um, yeah, and... as the older expression goes. <laughs> yes. When, when one falls over, you must also eat of shit. My favorite expression. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
so they don't know how to get the door unlocked. So they sneak into another side room where they then hide behind a cupboard, watch the guy come into this room, scream and cry a lot, and then walk out without even looking at them. And you made a point to say, there's a reason why, and then there was never a reason why. There is a reason. He's very clearly disturbed. Yes, like but... he wasn't fully in but his to, mind. Well, no, what I'm saying, but, like, for him to not see them was a lot. Yeah. He's not mm. completely focusing, unless he's, unless they're, like, directly in front of him. They were kind of off to the side. It's another of those no one has peripheral vision in Doctor Who things. Uh... I guess, but this one has a reason. The the crew talks about how they're not really sure uh, what their choices are and how she's worried about John because John is apparently the guy's name and he's also this chick's fiance and the censorites attacked him and took over his mind. And also the captain was attacked, but then they never go back into that. Um, And then... He'll apparently be frightened of strangers, and he may become violent. And then we instantly yeah. come back to Susan and Barbara trying to sneak around him, and he's like, ah, and then he starts to cry. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay. Um, and then he's like, you look like my sister. Have you come to help? And they're like, all right, well, we're going to have a big group hug. And it's all right. John is very mentally ill, and he's okay, Pat, Pat. So they start fine. Yes. So they start hanging out there while the rest of the crew starts using a vibrator electromagnetic sander dremel thing to go through the door <laughs> by cutting the lock out. And then mm-hmm. there's suddenly a high pitched noise and everyone's confused because they thought it was the drill, but it's apparently not. But it's also apparently the noise of the sensorite ship. Moving through space. And what do those sensorite ships look like, dear? They look like Homer Bean. They look and like Homer Bean. We're not shitting you. They look like a little Homer Bean, and it's amazing. Well, they look like just normal beans, but we kept joking they were Homer Beans. Yes, they look like beans, but they're they're Homer Beans going through the ascension of flying into space to go to all the planets of Draw Pile. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's them on their way. Yeah. They- oh man, if only I could like force everyone else who would be in that draw pile to watch this episode, then we could have a sensorite themed draw pile. Mm. I would rather not, thank you. Uh, because, because of what they look like, I would rather not, thank you. Uh, we cut Aww. back to John, Barbara, and Susan, and John starts talking about how he's going to protect them from that weird noise that they're going to hear, and the sensorites. And there's interference and all the scanners, and they talk about, like, should we defend ourselves? Should we stop them? And they're like, I don't know. And then the noise stops, and the sensorites are sensed all around them, and Ian walks around and sees one outside of the window, and it kind of, to me, from far away, looked like an axolotl fuck Danny DeVito. <sighs> It's not a pleasant image. Why are you so mean? Because that's my whole shtick. Well, yeah, I guess. All right. That well, that was the episode. Um, the, that part that of the, the episode. Fir- yeah. That was the the first part of the episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, God, Lummy, there is a lot about this episode. Um, <sighs> I guess we'll start with... Um, so, the writer of this episode mm-hmm. uh, was Peter R. Newman. He only ever wrote one episode of Doctor Who. It was this one. Yeah. And there was so little known about him uh, that... Uh, basically, before they got this DVD ready, no one knew anything about him. But one of the the bonus features on this DVD is like some basically, uh, someone was basically like, "Hey, who the hell is this guy? Like he he's got one episode of Doctor Who. There's like for some reason there were two dates on his death. Like some were saying that he died in 1969, some were saying he died in 1975. It's like and there's nothing else. There's no information on it. So he's like, "Who is this fucking guy?" Um, turns out uh, he's a writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, who uh, wrote this episode of Doctor Who, wrote a few other things, um, and he wrote a movie uh, produced by Hammer Studios. Yes, the Hammer Horror Hammer Studios. Uh-huh. Uh, a war film called Yesterday's Enemy that was essentially about... Uh, <sighs> As as scathing a, a film about British war crimes could be back mm-hmm. in the uh, late fifties, early sixties. Oh man, uh, I can't believe we did those things as as British people. Ha <laughs> ha! Isn't that funny? Anyway, to the point on. where apparently, apparently, like veterans were insulted. Uh, so so insulted, they were like, "There was no way this could be true." Like, like we would never do anything like this. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so it's... Sorry, as someone who comes from a country that that my entire... Our entire economy is based on war crimes. (laughs) Yes, but it wasn't fully developed back in the 50s and 60s. Anyway. Um, uh, He... It was essentially the the part of the bad guys aren't entirely bad and the good guys aren't entirely good, Mm -hmm. which is something that kind of carries over into this episode. Um, yeah. So it's it was actually kind of interesting to to watch this sort of information roll out about this guy. Unfortunately, he did die in 1975 of a massive cerebral hemorrhage. Ooh. Um. Uh, apparently, uh, he slipped down at a museum and fell down the stairs, hitting his heart against a radi- his head against a radiator. Ooh. Uh, which. Ouch. Um, That's a big uh, oof, my dude. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but uh, yeah, there's some some little interesting about the writer of this. Hmm. Anyway, episode I mean, two, let's go. I mean, you said this was like one of your favorite episodes, like one of yours, I think? No. No? No. Okay. It's not one of my favorites. I, I, I have a, a soft spot for this one, though. I do okay. really like it. So it's it's kind of interesting to hear so much about the writer when you like this episode to some extent. So, I don't know. well, yeah, if it's an episode I didn't give a shit about, it'd be like, here's this interesting thing about the writer. It's cool. I mean, he wrote a pretty shit story, but yeah, I guess it's cool. But this one, I like the story. Mm-hmm. It it doesn't have an I... episode where they're in a cave and nothing happens. I I will admit there were some politics in this one. I well, may duh. have felt positively about this episode. Yeah, yeah. Spoilers. Come Spoilers. Um, I but, said um, may, yeah. may have. Anyway, so we so we move to the also, unwilling... Can we, can, hmm. Hang on. 
pause. Can we just, like, whenever we talk about, like, episodes where nothing happens, can we just call them cave episodes? Sure. I'm done. <laughs> done. Not that that's going to apply to this one. No. Ah! They, they kind the of shit go and... happens. No, there's, like, one part where it's kind of cavey. Where they're down no, in the tunnels there's a and cave. it's just... Well, no, when there's they're cave, down in the tunnels... Shit yeah, shit happens, but, like, for ten minutes, like, they're down in the caves and they're just cutting back and forth between, like, Susan giving them directions and Ian and them. And nothing well, it's, is it's happening. Uh-huh. It's tense because you cut between them and then you cut between the, the what they're finding in the caves, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Episode two, now go. Ugh. Okay, uh, so the doctor's like, the calmer you are, the strong you, stronger you are, for whatever reason, and he's literally the least calm person in this episode. And the other people in the crew are just kind of staring out the window because they're being mind-controlled, and the doctor starts, like, slapping the pilot and brings him back around and being like, hey, open the door, and the, doc- the dude's like, door? And he's like, open it, open it, with tool, yeah, the tool, to get them out, right, okay, I'm awake now, and then he goes and opens the door. Um... John talks about how their friends are all dead because outside the door, they're inside his head already and they're talking to him and telling him to frighten Barbara and Susan and how they'll force him to do it. And now the sensorites are on the ship and are coming through the loading bay because that was just where they always came from. Which is really, like, polite of them to go in the front door, honestly. What else What else are they going to do? Smash a window? They might. Um, How would jo- they... Uh, it's fine. Science. Uh, John that... asks for Barbara's hand, and they hold hands for a little bit, and tells her what's happening, and she's like, I'm not afraid. And then we find out that the Sensorites have giant pancake shoes and beards, and I hated their beards. And then I found out that they're actually, like, whiskers, but they kind of look like large testicles with, like, a lot of hair on their chin, specifically covering their... be like that. But that's what the skin kind of looked like. It was, like, wrinkly and kind of, like, like, mottled, and that's what they look like. What else would you like me to call them? Potatoes? Sensorites. Okay, fine. They look like sensorites. Do, do, do our audience know what that looks like? Well, you don't have to say fucking nutsack or fucking <laughs> potato heads. That's what they look like. It looks like. like they've got beehives. All right, fine. So they have, like, whiskers all over their face, and it's terrible. Um... Susan talks about standing in between plants this one time on a planet and thinking of the same thing at the same time and then thinking about it really hard. And so because of that, they protected themselves on this planet of psychic plants. So Susan and Barbara go, okay, we're going to think of the same thing at the same time really hard and they do, and they count to five, and then the sensorites suddenly freak out, and Susan faints. Um, so they open the- because of course she does. They open the door- Hey, come on. She does something to faint. Yes. She- she's psychically attacking them. Um, so the door is jammed, but Ian and a stagehand help to lift the door. And they talk about how apparently they can resist the sensorites- and Susan is relieved 
Susan relieved the pressure and saved John from being super crazy by going after the Censorites with really mean thoughts. And yep. John starts talking about the dreams of Avarice. What yep. and apparently had discovered something and then they silent John. And the Censorites yep. are like talking to each other or whatever, and then they're like, Hey, uh, we want to come in and talk to you guys. And they're like, are you sure you're not going to beat us up? And they're like, yeah, we're pretty sure. And so they let them in. And then Gam said some stuff while they were talking and confused me. Oh, come on. Uh-huh. Uh, they mentioned that they feel threatened by the doctor specifically. And it, it, he's just threatening, basically. He's not intimidated by them. Um... And then they start looking at spectrograph readings of the planet, and everything is really confusing, and there's something about John freaking out about the Sensorites, we're excited about what he found, and it was, we're gonna fuck up this word this entire time, molybdenum? Molybdenum. Do you want me to correct you, or do you want me to just not? No, this is the only time you can correct me. Go for it. Are you sure? Yeah, go for it. Molybdenum. There was a B in it? <laughs> There's a B? <laughs> Molybdenum, yes. Okay, I just started calling it Millennium because I gave up. <laughs> There's a B? <laughs> whoa, 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 hold up. Where's the B? <laughs> so apparently... Millennium is all in the ground of the planet, and that makes it a gold mine. Um, and then the Sensorites then freak the crew out, and so Barbara and Ian leave to find them, and they kind of cautiously wiggle their hands in front of an open door switch, and mm -hmm. just kind of go from room to room, and I don't really know what they were expecting to do like they didn't go in with like a weapon they just kind of were like let's find them and then they do and then they back away <laughs> like okay um yeah <sighs> ian grabbed something that we weren't really sure what it was we thought it was like a mic arm but i thought there was like a button on it it was weird um Gistic. and something back scratcher i don't know um, and he's, like, trying to pretend to hit them, and he's like, I got this, but they keep, like, advancing towards Ian, and Ian's, like, slowly backing up, and he just keeps threatening to hit them, and this just works. Uh, so, he sends Barbara out, and Barbara goes to talk to the crew to figure out how to lock the doors, and the do and she can't get them to talk to her, because they're mind-controlled or whatever the fuck. And so she goes to talk to John instead, and John instantly gets up, goes over to where Ian is, and just locks the door on them. Um, yeah. They didn't harm Ian, for whatever reason, uh, So, but Ian goes to lock the other door so that they're locked in, and then the, the Sensorites just use their egg beater to break the locks? Like... I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, yeah, all they did was lock doors on them. 
Um, well, that's what they literally say to them. Yeah. Uh, so they don't break the last door and they ask Susan if they can talk to the doctor and crew. And they're like, yeah. And the doctor's like, I'm going to fight them. Like, if they hurt us, I'm going to fight. And I'm like, all right, old man. G- good luck with that. Um, so Barbara can't live. Hold on. Where to, eh. I lost my train of thought in my notes. There's so many notes. Um, they they finally talk to everyone and mention that they can't leave the Sensosphere and they say that they're not interested in the Millennium and then the Sensites are like, hey, humans brought us disease last time you left, so like we can't trust you. And then they're being told because they know of the Millennium, they're being moved into a place on their planet where they're going to be lovely and taken care of and like fed and watered and like everything that a human being would need because you know of course yeah because they're not they can't leave they can't go tell anyone that it was there they don't want more humans uh of course everyone refuses and they don't want to harm them and vice versa and the the sensor rights are like what do you mean harm us you've only proven that you can lock doors <laughs> and i'm just like yeah <laughs> Oh, that was such a great moment when they said and that. And the, the thing about the sensorites in this moment is that they're very sassy. Like, there's one point where they're kind of, like, talking to each other, and then the doctor goes, what? Speak up. I can't hear you. And they're like, we weren't talking to you. And it's like, hell yeah. Stand up to him. <laughs> fuck him. No, don't. don't. Don't, don't, don't. Actually, fuck him, please. Jesus Christ. Um, So... Barbara doesn't understand what the word decide means, and she needs to be given a dictionary. And the the doctor's pretty much ready to fucking kill them and get his TARDIS back. And the doctor also thinks they're afraid of him because they're unsure of their minds, and they were afraid of the dark. It's like going into a pitch black room because their brains can't fully see into... The crew's brains? I'm sorry, I'm really confused yeah, about Yeah, 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 no, you got okay. it, you got it. And so it's like walking into a pitch black room, so it's really scary, so that's why that the doctor thinks that they're intimidated by them. Yeah. And they tell Susan that she is going to leave they with they them. They can't fully understand... They, they can't fully read their minds unless their minds are completely open. Yes. Um, they tell Susan that she is going to leave with them to the planet or else everyone was going to be killed. And they can't stop the sensorites apparently, but then Ian and Barbara leave to go get Susan back. And then the sensorites literally go, I don't know why I'm so frightened of them. They don't even have weapons. Like, uh-huh. And then... <laughs> and then... And then Ian turns off the light. It, we haven't gotten there yet. Because there's this whole point about how Barbara and Ian are being very strict parents. And the doctor mentions that trust is two-sided. And tells Susan to listen to her grandfather because he knows everything's right and Susan's wrong and a child and she should never do what she wants to do. Um, And then the sensorites were going to stun the crew 
and then the doctor turns off the lights and the sensorites can't see at all because they have teeny tiny eyes teeny tiny eyes with no completely dilated yes and they also can't blink they have no eyelids so that comes back up later yeah, you're talking about me skipping forward ahead. Mm. That's like fucking t- one episode ahead. Like they, they made it obvious that they had no... Whatever. <sighs> um, so Barbara and Ian are being very strict parents. They turn off the lights. I mentioned again that the doctor keeps talking about being really calm, but he's literally anything but. Like, he's the least calm out of all of them. Um, yeah. Ian is like, huh, what's that thing they put on their heads? That's so interesting. And then he's like, wait, Barbara, you're not you're not listening to me. All you should do is listen to me. I'm the man. And she's like, oh, well, I was just thinking about how Susan is upset that the doctor isn't allowing her to make choices. Um, and then the doctor's like, what the fuck? Don't make your own choices to Susan. And she's like, okay, grandfather, I won't. Um... And then they read that the doctor is making Susan sad. And he's like, no, I'm not. And this episode was a trip. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Trip down memory lane. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm I'm getting flashbacks here. It's it's great. I love my own childhood. Anyway. um, And you said Doctor Who would be boring. I said boring, not traumatic. Uh, hey, they, trauma isn't boring. They they talk about how apparently the Doctor and Susan have never had an argument ever. And that's because they work together. And by work together, they mean do what the Doctor says. Um, And they, they're like, all right, well, the leader of the Sensorite uh, want to talk to you. And they want to figure out how to re- negotiate the release of John. And or negotiate the release with the leader of the Sensorites. John then wakes up and starts talking about how he has voices in his head. And his fiance is like, it's okay. Like, I love you. Like, don't you, don't you know who I am? And he wants silence in his head. So I was like, all right, I guess we have to kill him then. Cause he's crazy at this point. Uh, so then they take yeah. John to the sensosphere to cure him supposedly, uh, but it's going to split up the crew. In a very specific way. What, what? What do you mean, dear? It's 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 almost as if Barbara and the me the main pilot of the ship, the guy pilot that isn't John, he, he, Peter, he doesn't even come back. Stay on the ship. It's yep. almost it's almost as if they were on vacation the whole time. Well, he was only commissioned for two episodes, and after that, they didn't yeah. want to pay him anymore. Yeah. No no more pay for him. Mm. But, but Cam, what happened to Barbara? Well, is it the end of the episode yet, dear? No, not yet. Then I'll tell you at the end of the episode. Uh, anyway, a craft is going to come down and get them, because there's no air in outer space. They make note of that there's no air in outer space, like, three times! Like, within ten or twenty minutes... And the doctor knows why, wants to know why they would attack the crew. And then they mentioned that a long time ago, another crew landed and five men were on that ship. And then they quarreled. 
and then they all exploded in space and all of them were killed and their minds were closed as well so they also were really scary and it something about how like their people are dying and it's probably a disease that's killing them that 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 was brought by these men and they're like well maybe it was scarlet fever blah 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 i'm like uh-huh that's yeah. exactly how diseases work um and the elder thinks the doctor is really smart, so he wants him to help cure the disease, and he's like, ha-ha, someone thinks I'm smart. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> <sighs> I'm starting to like Ian more than I like the doctor, and it's... Oh. Right? Um, oh, come on. Uh, then he does Barbara... his little giggle. <laughs> Just because he has a nice giggle does not make him less of an asshole. No, that's true. Uh, Barbara then specifically tells Susan that the doctor actually really cares about her and that so everything he did was okay because he cared about her. And then they will fly down to the planet and we see these great elders talking and they have more whiskers than anyone else. He also has an X on his chest so he's probably being tracked by Zenganort. Um, Zenganort? <laughs> yeah, I, I messed up my words. I'm sorry. Zenganort. Um... Yes. They have to create trust with the humans, and having looked at the lock that they took from the TARDIS, they're like, oh, wow, him really smart. Wow, really, really smart. They're like, he's going to help us, so we have to try to trust him. And the other sensorites are talking about being realists. The second elder and the, uh, the city manager, I believe. I called him the third elder, like the first Administrator. part. Administrator. Administrator, I called him like the third elder at the beginning of this because I didn't know who he was. Um, are talking about being realist and beamed into the disintegration ray into the room that they're supposed to meet up with the humans because they don't really like the humans and they don't trust them. And I'm like, oh boy, two sided politics. And then it winds up to be like four sided politics. And I was like, ooh. Um. <laughs> two sided politics? <laughs> nah. Three or four side of politics? Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, so they talk about how everyone is made for their job, but then Ian's like, not everyone on the planet's going to be happy. And they're like, that's just human thinking. Like, you're just an idiot. You're just a human. It's, you don't understand. Um, a dumb human. Susan then, like, before they walk in, sees John freaking out. And that they, they know that someone evil is in there because he can just tell. Uh, so we cut back to the disintegration ray and the firing key is placed and it's aimed at the places the humans will be. And they're like, all right, what are we going to aim at specifically instead of just like them as a whole? They're like, let's aim at their heart. And they're like, do you know where a human heart is? I don't. And they're like, let's just aim for the center of the chest. Like, fuck it. Which technically would hit the heart, but whatever. Um, uh, yeah, well, yeah, but they didn't know that. Well, no, but just, you know, for for those that may not know, it would in fact hit your heart. Anyway, uh, so there's like some, some, some nice flicked switches ASMR, like some nice switchboard ASMR going on. And it's, it's nice just so good. ASMR. Yeah. Um. 
and they are apparently going to fire regardless of whatever happens and someone comes in to stop them and it's the second elder and so they dismantle the machine he takes the firing key and goes hey you're being a little shit stop like stop questioning orders bad administrator bad administrator so they bring everyone food and they talk about how John wanted to bring ships to the planet and mine it and that's why he like freaked out they apparently didn't fry his mind he was just way too excited and then his brain went um and the main guy the the main elder is kind of shocked that like they're not being offered the same food as him like he's being offered like really nice uh really nice water and they're not he wants them to have crystal spring water and so ian decides to try both waters because i don't know he's Um, super thirsty yes uh i mean have you seen how he goes after anyway um so the water apparently tastes damn (laughs) the 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 crystal spring water apparently tastes like peaches and then a boom flies across the screen and Uh, i don't know what you're talking about the city administrator is like ready to fuck up shit he hates the first and second leaders he like looks at the guy who was controlling the the cool asmr switch and he's like are you gonna listen to me and the dude's like yeah i'll follow you and they're like all right cool uh fuck the humans and then ian is literally obviously poisoned because he's like hey how will you (coughs) hey would you tell me (coughs) about this thing Um, and then he literally just collapses on the floor and is apparently dying. And then that was that episode. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. So, um, that kind yeah, of fucked Barbara up my doesn't appear. <laughs> what? Are you poisoned? Mm-hmm. Um, By capitalism. So, Barbara doesn't appear a lot in this episode because, well, surprise, surprise, like the other episode, she was on holiday. Ooh. Um, that, that happens quite a bit. Um, in the especially mainly in the first season characters mm-hmm. will just go away it's partially because there's so many characters sometimes it's easier to just have one be off and like out out of the way so fewer characters to write yeah because they don't have much time to write write uh, what every character is going to be doing uh-huh um so yeah that's that's what she's doing this episode well mm. most of it so yeah. we 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 kind of joked because uh, they would constantly throughout the episode be like, "Where's Barbara? Oh, she's back up on the ship. Maybe we could go visit her." It's like, no, <laughs> honey, she's on a cruise ship. <laughs> no, what did we say? It was the SS Aruba. <laughs> and like every now and then they cut back to Barbara, and it's just her laying in a chair with like, Aruba, Jamaica, Jamaica. Ooh, I, I wanna, wanna take you, Bermuda, yeah. Bahama. I'm a pretty mo- just mm-hmm. like playing in the background yeah. anyway next episode um so uh, keep talking for two seconds I have to just take a sip of water don't mind me oh okay apparently she has to take some fucking crystal water mm-hmm. <sighs> fucking I would love if someone jokingly like as a promotion for this episode was like created like a fake ad that was like uh, Ian here for Sensorite crystal water. <laughs> Distilled in the mountains on the <clears throat> sphere. Okay, sorry about that. Um, so we we open on Ian dead, and I was 
kind of elated, honestly, at this point. But apparently he's not actually dead. The disease just kind of hits without warning. And I was like, it's in the water. Like, how the fuck has no one figured this out? It's literally in the fucking water. Like, what? <laughs> and Ian wakes back up and apparently it's more of a poison than a disease. And I'm like, no shit. The doctor asks for some salt for some reason. But uses its chemical name to sound cool, but also, I guess, they wouldn't know the name of salt, so I have to forgive it, because salt is a human word, so he'd be like, it's this chemical, even though the word sodium is also a human word, but whatever. <sighs> okay. I'm, mm. um, hey, so, apparently, that, apparently, it just, it bothers me. It was just to sound science and it sucked. Uh, apparently Ian has like three days until he dies. And so then they pour, I almost gagged actually watching this. They pour salt into the water and get Ian to drink it. Like full drink it. So that his throat yeah. is less sore. Oh, yeah. Ooh. no, 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 no. When you have a sore throat, you gargle warm no, salt no, no, water. You, you don't it. fucking stop. I've accidentally chugged salt water. I hate it. Of course mm. you have. So, okay. Small back. I know. Small back story. I had one day when I was sick, I had like a cup of water and a cup of like warm salt water to like drink because I was I was sick. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to like gargle this and then drink that. Well, guess what? I did like the opposite. I was like, I'm going to drink first. And I drank the wrong one. And I threw up a lot. And it was so bad. It's so bad. Don't drink salt water. Oh my god. Um. Okay. They you can't tell me what to do. Okay, well, go drink salt water. I guess. Have fun. Um. So they, the the city whatever dude thinks that Ian is dying on purpose, and he thinks that the doctor is wanting to leave to go back to his ship to find a cure so that he can actually leave and to go get an army to fight them. And then we cut yeah. to John, who's currently getting his hair permed, and the city manager is just sitting there going, like, he should just be dead, like, instead of this dumb, like, you should. we should just really just kill him. And... He's upset that the humans have no badges of authority or position. So how do they know to how to tell each of them apart? And it's like, okay, you, you're, I, mm -hmm. Mm, mm -hmm. they, they all have the same whiskered potato heads. And like the <laughs> prop designer actually made them look really, really similar to each other. So like. I don't know. It Jesus. just okay. yes. Well, I'm sorry that Susan doesn't exactly look like the doctor, but whatever. What? I'm saying that like it's there's just way more, never mind. There's way more obvious traits between like the differences between like Susan and the doctor compared to like the potato heads. Okay. Can you? Okay, whatever fine whatever yes there are differences but whatever keep going um he's upset that they have no badges of authority or whatever and john has this sting sound and looks directly at the city manager and he's like evil 
and he literally then tells John his entire fucking plan and then John passes out. <laughs> like, okay. I mean, um, mood. Then the lady crew comes in and she's like, oh, hey, how's John doing? You know, I... She makes this, like, real racist-ass comment about, like, how if they change sashes, she wouldn't be able to tell any of them apart ever. And he's like, wow, I never thought about that. Like, getting a very obvious plot point idea. Mm. Well, he literally, like, almost turns to the camera and says, I never thought about that. Yeah, it's... it's, mm. Like if there could if they they could have put another sting in there they would have. Da-da. Mm-hmm. I uh, hope so... you like that sort of sound by the way the because that comes up a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, it's just kind of that they don't use a different one. It's just the same single one. So it changes slightly throughout the years, but the oh the well, that's fun. The same. Um. So Susan kind of like gets in on people's conversations. But she can't really figure out what they're saying, like, because she's apparently now psychic. Um, but their minds aren't fully open to her, so she can't fully understand what they're saying. And... Hold on. Why? Hold on. The, I literally just wrote, you fool, in my notes, and I don't know why. <laughs> Okay, lead up to it. Go go back, retrace that, That's literally where it starts. Susan gets in the conversation, can't figure out what they're saying. You fool. Oh, because the doctor... The doctor asks if they want to test the water in the labs there, and he's like, why haven't you tested all the labs from everywhere else? And they're like, what do you mean? Like, it's all the same water. He's like, no, that's not how this works. Um... And there you go. Yeah. And so they're like, all right, whatever. And they find out that it's atropine, atropine poisoning, uh, which is supposedly what's in the water supply. And they want to, like, make sure of which, like, district it's in. So they retest all of them. And while they're testing, Ian's having fits and wet dreams or whatever. And all of them are negative except District oh. 8. He is. He's literally like, uh, uh. <laughs> listen, listen, some things, some things have happened in that Marco Polo episode that we did not see. Okay. Oh, come. I, I mean, things do happen, but no, not like so, that. So everything's negative except for District 8. And they're like, all right, let's make uh, an antidote. And then they go tell the leader who is standing nearby to Ian and Susan. And he's like, oh, that's such good news. Walks two feet to the left and goes, hey, I have some news to tell you, even though you totally didn't just hear it over us talking a second ago. Because staging. Yes, staging. Um, And can I just say, this is around the time where I'm like, time is flat. Vaccines are apparently still bad, and fuck the world. I hate everything. <laughs> it was so bad because there was a point where they were like, no, Ian's just pretending to be sick, and this isn't how it's going to work, and 
it just it was a lot they, oh. they've got a cure but the cure is fake he he's actually faking it and yeah it's just to get to them to masks. and we don't need to wear masks and like they're just faking it and it's only just to get our money blah 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 it's just like oh my god um and then i mentioned that one of the characters gets taken like was it the it was just a character it wasn't really like someone specific or was it the second elder? It was the second elder. The second el elder gets taken. But I was, it was really... It pretty important that it was the second elder. <laughs> yes. But I was very, very angry because I literally screamed about it on the commentary track um, that we recorded. That he's psychic and he could just talk to someone. But he fucking doesn't. He just well, gets captured. Have to put the... They have to put the little medallion to their head in order to speak to other people. I, okay. And he couldn't put the medallion on his head. Oh, John is currently still being worked on, but he keeps trying to tell people that the city advisor is evil and no one's like listening to him. Uh, the city manager stops the scientist from taking the antidote to Ian and smashes it on the ground and saying... Ian either lives or dies. Either way, we know the answer to if they're trying to fuck with us or not. Ta-da! Because time is flat. Um, so the doctor goes down to the water pipes to try to figure out what the fuck's going on. They're like, it's really dark in there, and it's really noisy in there, and... We don't like noise, and we don't like darkness, so, like, it's really scary, and there's monsters in there, so, like, let's not go in there. Uh, so, Susan then gets so tired of waiting for them to bring the antidote that she goes and gets more of it on her own and gives it to Ian, saving him, I guess, and then they freak out that the doctor is down there in the pipes, and... Ian and Susan go down there on their own to try to find him. The main le leader starts, like, psychically talking to the second leader. And the city manager's like, what is going on? What is he saying to you? And all this stuff. And he's like, he's talking about how humans are really nice and so strange. And just, like, they have such adoration for one another. And, hey, why aren't you responding to me? Like, hey... Don't Hello. leave me on Hello. Don't don't leave me on read. Why aren't you why aren't you talking to me? You're the one that wanted this why aren't you talking to me? Sort of thing. Yeah. Um and then we go cut to Ian and Susan being given a flashlight to go down to the scary tunnels. And then we cut to the doctor finding some plants down in the aqueducts that is apparently deadly nightshade. And then there was suddenly some growling noises, and then that was the episode. Yeah, it was very Bigfoot-esque. So, um, I, you have seen bits of the new season, right? Uh, which the, one? The new seasons. Like, you, you've seen David Tennant, right? Yes. So, have you noted... A similarity between the Sensorites and the Ood. Yes. 
that's intentional. And they actually make an in-universe sort of reference to it as well. There's an uh, an episode where offhandedly, I can't remember which Doctor, I think it is David Tennant, he basically says, oh yeah, I, I once used... Oh, it's when he's he goes with Donna to the planet of the Oods. He's like, I've been in the uh, Star System before when I was... When I was at the Sense Sphere. Best companion. Anyway, continue. Donna is a good companion. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he, he Essentially, like, Russell T. Davies wanted to reincorporate them, and basically that's how he did it. He was like, they're cousin species! Because, like, you couldn't really keep the same outfit. No. For the Sensorites. It, but, like, uh-uh. they, they're sort of similar enough that you can kind of say, like... Uh, uh, mm. They're very similar species. Okay, maybe. So, I, I mean, the, yeah, the sensorites be. look kind of like they're in a skin-toned suit, with like I said, like well, that sort of bald potato skin head, the, with like the, the, whiskers yeah, and stuff. But then the skin head with like whiskers, and they've got uh, mental uh, sort of psychic type powers, and uh, they're they're. they're they're kind of uh, pacifists in a way. Yeah. They're kind of subservient. I was gonna say uh, the difference. The big, the big difference here with the Ood is the Ood have like test, not, not not even tentacles. They have like intestines, sort of for mouthpieces, which is interesting. And they talk with like a sphere thing. I don't know. I I could see it at least. I I can see where it's coming from. So. Well, I'm glad you can see it, because that's what it is. Yeah. Um, also, uh, I, I did tell you, uh, Susan in this episode uh, describes her home planet. Yes. Well, also, she has her own planet, which is kind of why, why I really like this episode, because everyone has an actual character in this. Mm-hmm. Um, they really besides do. Besides Barbara, but she's on holiday. <laughs> yeah. No, that Even is her then, character. In the episode that she is there, she still has a character. Yeah. Um, but uh, she describes her home planet. And uh, in uh, Gridlock, the episode with Martha, where Martha at the end basically sits down and says, hey, I'm not going fucking anywhere until you tell me, like, what the fuck's going on with you and everything around you. Mm-hmm. And the Doctor verbatim uh, describes his home planet, and it's the exact same words that Susan uses. Is it? Uh, the orange burnt sky and the... Yeah, the trees uh, with silver, silver leaves. Trees with silver leaves. Yeah, it's the exact same huh. words. So I didn't. Not, uh, I didn't think all we these got to little callbacks. Well, that's in like the next episode, but I, I yeah. thought I'd include it in the sort of like things that are in the new season because the yeah. new season is chocked fucking full of shit like that. Little yeah, callbacks it... to like classic episodes that no one's gonna fucking remember. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, fun fact, new Doctor Who is made by fucking. Doctor Who fans. Yeah. Um, like... Absolutely. Uh, abs- like, completely. And it shows, depending on, like, what seat... Like, even Doctor classic Doctor Who is made by Doctor Who fans. When we get to the mm-hmm. 70s and 80s, that's when people who grew up on 60s and 70s Doctor Who grew up and became part of the TV creating process themselves. And yeah. that's, that's when we get, like, real good Doctor Who. But I we'll mean, that's always, that that's always the years. dream, right? Is when you're part of a fandom, you want to grow up to, you know, become well, part of it later. 
Well, also, and... it's it's incredibly rare that something you watched and enjoyed as a child is still going when you're an adult. Like, and spans as many generations as something like Doctor Who does. Yeah, yeah. And, and spans something in, and has such mass appeal. Because the reason why Doctor Who has uh, basically kept going uh, mm-hmm. is because it is such a modular piece of media yeah like, if you don't like a specific companion they'll be Wait. gone in a few years yeah if you don't like a specific doctor they'll be gone in a few years you don't yep. like the writers they'll be gone in a few years <laughs> like it, it, it is literally like that is why I, I stuck with the show during like some of the really bad seasons of mm-hmm. the new season because it's like i'll still mm. watch it because i love it but i don't I like these episodes i couldn't do hey. Capaldi. that was the only yeah, one i couldn't Cap- don't worry when we get to watching capaldi's episodes oh, i'm going no. to go deep into uh the problems with capaldi's doctor mm. uh and the problems with the writing i mean that'll be episodes. that'll be a while from now but it's fine that's quite a few years down the line yes um, but yeah hey. next episode let's go I was going to say, hey, guess what? We plan on doing this podcast for a few years, actually. Like, legitimately. So, Well, until with... it's over. Until we go through every episode. Well, yeah. I'm we'll just saying, like, it'll be a few years. So. So, we decided, by the way, that um, any any show with politics is a cave episode. Right? They go no. into... Any or, no, any fucking episode that has nothing going on and it's like, why is this an episode? Like they're literally yeah, just dragging it it's out. It's a cave episode. That's what we're calling a cave episode as a callback to that episode in the Daleks where they're like, every yes. episode was pretty good, and then there's just one episode where they're in a cave and nothing fucking happens. Yeah. Um so the doctor is now in a cave, uh looking around like, hmm, that's weird and scary, and then we cut away from him and we find Ian and Susan finding him, and he's fallen on the ground, and there's weird scratches in his coat, but not all the way through. This is foreshadowing. Uh, not all the way through his coat, because I guess he was actually attacked, but not really. And then they're like, huh, there's an old lighting system in here, but it doesn't have any bulbs in it. That's weird. Huh. And this is also perhaps foreshadowing. I mean, and then the foreshadowing. crew has been found out and then we we joked that the girl on the crew was actually a sensorite and her hair has become larger showing who she really was i mean it she has a beehive that looks exactly like it's like hiding a sensorite yes it's it's shaped almost exactly like how they built their heads and i'm just like all right she's just a sensorite that's just this is just the plot point now um the doctor apparently didn't see the thing attack them but he knew he was attacked and then they find out that the antidote was never given to susan she had to go get it on her own they're like there's enemies on all sides and it's just like so Uh, yeah yeah we also see a sensorite who i honestly had no idea who it was peeking out from the behind the pipe as they're learning all of this and it was the sensorite that was loyal to the city administrator okay that makes some sense then um john is continuing to try and warm sensorite woman about something and i i talked about how this was extremely classism because 
there's a whole point where the crew woman talks to the doctor and she's like why would everybody be okay with it surely there's some people that are unhappy and he's like no i'm perfectly fine so what do you mean that there's no one else that is unhappy and i'm just like mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> um and they talk about how when john opened his mind he opened a veil over his fear the part of his brain okay the way they actually put it was when you have an emotion part of your brain's veil opens up so that you could experience that emotion right yeah and they're like okay yeah that makes sense they're like with john his veil isn't closing yeah that's it it's like okay his mind is so open he can his privacy settings are set to everyone and he yeah. can't change them back mm-hmm. um it and the crew girl basically goes oh it's it's like an eyelid and then he's like yeah what's an eyelid and she has to like explain what eyelids are because <laughs> they don't have eyelids well, to be fair the sense right doesn't ask like what's an eyelid she's just like like me with my eyelids you know the things that like she ha- she explains it because she's like oh they don't have eyelids i guess i yeah. should explain it um, and she's like, oh, I don't I don't know what it's like to have those. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to close your eyes? Um, mm, yes. And then the Sinstrites are, like, flubbing their words and stuff at some point, and the city manager is planning on fucking something up and is trying to convince the second el- elder what's up and even up? threatens him with light and noise. And he says, remember, I hold your family group hostage. And yeah. City Man orders the second man to order Senior Warrior to bring them the key. And then he takes the sash from Second Elder, pretends to be Second Elder, goes to get the key. And we find out City Warrior has three sashes. Oh. Well, was... that's that's because I made that joke of like, because <laughs> oh, you, you asked well, what happens when they get three sashes. Yeah, like one sash is they're like the vice president. Two sashes is like they're the ultimate, like they're the president. What happens mm-hmm. if I get three? And I said Hitler. Yeah. And then we zoom in on this guy, and he has three, <laughs> three sashes, sashes around his wrists, and he's like the chief warrior dude. And it's yeah. like, oh fuck, I was actually right. <laughs> The thing is, though, what gets me is it's not even around his wrist. There's, like, one on his arm, one on his elbow, and one where, like, the armband would be. And I'm just like, oh, my God, damn, stop. Stop. Don't be right. I don't want this to be true. Where's timeline? Um, So the doctor sees that the key's being handed off, and he's like, hey, 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 I, I have something to ask you. And follows after the secret city manager. Um, and the doctor's like, yeah, I followed him, but, like, he ran away. Like, he, <laughs> they make a whole point to going, like, yeah, his feet were probably, like, plip, 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 plip as he ran. <laughs> I don't know why they needed to, but they made a whole I... joke about him running. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, because he was getting away, and it's like, oh, it's not, wait a minute, that's not, um, they, they didn't want him to know that it was not the second administrator. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or the, they, the second elder. Yeah. But it was actually the city administrator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gets back into the disintegration room and the second elder's like, hey, uh, 
I'm gonna listen to you and haha, <laughs> yoink, takes the disintegration key, kills it, and then he just fucking gets killed. Like, there's no, yeah. there's, there's no, like, hard cut or anything, they just beat the shit out of him, and he dies. <laughs> so. Yeah, as you, as, as you do. Yeah. Um, so they're obviously going to frame the doctor for the second elder's death at this point, like, obviously, this show was made for children. Um, so we cut to all of them talking to the first elder, and they bring the doctor his lovely cloak. Oh, his cloak that he's going to wear for the rest of the season, I assume. And the rest of uh, when he's the, the doctor. The, the rest of his tenure. Yeah. Because he decided. I actually kind of want... like that. I don't. I don't want a coat. I want a cloak. That's what I want. Well, they give him a cloak, and I. I kind of like that because it's like a, a nice little tidbit of like, did you know he got that cloak from an episode? Yeah, like Whereas, I. Whereas, like, like typically, it. typically they're always like, I got this coat was given to me by insert person from history here. Where it's mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, that's kind of cool. But like, it would have been cool if we saw that episode, which. Yeah. Does happen sometimes, like, like they'll Ian say shirt. a throwaway line like that, and then they'll do an audio book about it, or an mm -hmm. audio drama about it, or just write a fucking book about it. There are so many. Dear, I don't think you know how fucking big the extended universe of Doctor Who is. <laughs> We're not getting into that. Um, so <laughs> I wish we did. The city administrator comes forward. He's like, hey, we need to talk. And they blame the fact that the second elder died on the doctor. <gasps> who killed him in the courtyard because they s had the warrior saw him chase after the quote-unquote second elder and fought him for the key. And he's like, yeah, I saw him pull a weapon out of his coat. And they're like, wait, 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 what? Like, what do you mean he had a, he had a weapon in his coat? Because if you remember, the doctor's coat got all fucked up. So he wasn't wearing mm -hmm. it. He wasn't wearing his coat. They're like, well, that was a lie. They're like, well, actually, he was wearing that cloak. Sorry, I meant to say cloak. They're like, well, bitch, I just gave him this cloak. Like, what the fuck? Like, you're obviously like, go. Go away. Get um, the fuck out. And so they arrest him. And I'm like, all right, no one else has questioned this. Whatever. Uh, and they all start to kind of question what the hell the second elder did to get killed, basically. And so they go, uh, who should be the second elder? And they go, hey, uh, we really like the city manager. Make him second elder. And he's like, all right, cool, done. And so he's he's second elder at that point. Well, they also were like, hey, we could use an ally. Yeah. And they're like, hey, if we get in hey. good standings with him, uh, maybe. Her. Her. Hey. Uh, doctor Her. and everybody leave. And Ian stops and he's like hey like i'm really happy for you and he's like excuse you call me sir and he's like the fuck and just kind of like walks off like that was weird um john is is wobbling back and forth when we cut back to him and then he's like wait i remember who i am but also not really it's kind of like it's a gray cloud over everything and it's like all right cool our biggest plot device has amnesia got it um yeah. And the doctor and everyone come back in, and everyone's happy to see John, and John's trying to piece together stuff. And the new second elder comes in and acts like an asshole to everybody, and they're like, oh, that was that was weird. Um, 
and Ian finds some family snapshots of stuff and like the doctor finds some pictures of the aqueducts and then John's like you know I remember something weird about that one evil guy and it was his collar his collar was the weird thing and they're like oh, wait <laughs> because the city manager had a collar wow shocking oh it wasn't Hitler um, <laughs> No, it was not Hitler. So they they're like, oh good, we've we've fucked up. And so the evil guy at this point, I think I just start calling him evil guy through my notes. Um Well, he's no asked, longer the city administrator, he's now the second elder. Yeah, and so it was kind of confusing going back and forth in my notes. So the evil administrator uh asked one of his followers to remove the insides of some weapons inside some personal egg beaters but so that they look the same as they do on the outside but they just don't work and so then the big elder guy comes in to talk to everybody and he's like huh it sounds like our water was deliberately poisoned and they ask Barbara to come back and you know just cause they miss her and they're given the weapons that they were asked for and the map with the aqueduct and the evil guy also apparently took that and drew lines all over it to make it look like they would Squiddy get lost everybody. like all the time secret lines to make the secret map lines yes even though like when you actually look at the map it's really hard to actually get lost in it but whatever um oh, come on so they, the evil elder, like, fucks with the map, and they're like, you know, Susan and Susan really shouldn't come with us, so, like, maybe you just know, keep Szechuan this. Come <laughs> she shouldn't really come with us, and it's a secret, so uh, I'm going to agree with you over here, Doctor, even though I'm off the mic, and way back here. Um, oh good, I unplugged my headphones doing that. One sec. I agree with you, Doctor. <laughs> I'm very skilled at this. Um, <laughs> nice work, dumbass. Yeah, thanks. Um, the big elder is just like, alright, well I guess we're gonna go get Barbara. And so I guess they, they do. And they're he but he's kind of worried that the second elder was also killed by a sensorite and not a human being because of course that's like, of course, that's obvious. I'm, I'm slurring my words at this point. I am so sorry. Cowies. Um, <laughs> the Look, there was so much... Like, in this episode that it rubbed off on me, okay? I'm sorry. Like, there were so many booms and shot and cameras tripping over wires and stuff. I was just so confused and it rubbed off on me. Uh, so the main elder is worried that some someone killed him that was a sensorite. And it's like, no, no shit. Uh, and then the crew girl and John and Susan are all packing up to leave. And then she's like, wow, we should tell them to hurry up so we could get out of here. And so she goes to leave to tell Ian and the doctor to hurry but it's like then kind of weirded out by something and then she's kidnapped. Oh no. Da -da. Da -da. End of episode. Da -da. Da -da. 
Can you can you do me a favor and get a sting on your soundboard for me? Oh, I am so gonna get some Dudley Simpson stings. Thank oh, you. Uh, for the uninitiated, which is you, uh, Dudley Simpson is uh, the incidental music composer for like the golden age of Doctor Who. He he's actually mm. literally just about to start working. Uh, not this next episode, but the episode after that is when he starts his work, and then he oh, works okay. until like basically nearly the 80s yeah he works on doctor who for a long time and it's great i love his incidental music so much but i i will absolutely love for you to get some stings so we don't have to just be like doo doo the entire time okay 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 um so okay there's a there's a there's not really any big bits of information so i'll just give you some small tidbits Mm -hmm. that i found Okay. Um, so this is one of the few episodes, and you noticed this, and we're, we're kind of impressed by this, uh, one of the few episodes in its entirety in the classic series, uh, where you get a shot of, uh, the TARDIS crew leaving the TARDIS through the interior doors and the camera follows them through to mm-hmm. the outside. It does. And um, I was just like, oh, wow, what? Because they haven't done that up to this point. Yeah. And it's, it's a really cool shot. Um, mm-hmm. you then laughed when the doctor said, now turn around, Susan, and close the door. And they turned around and the TARDIS door's right there. I yeah. <laughs> didn't have a problem with that at all. I mean, they could have obviously made it a bit better, but it was the 60s. There wasn't really much else they could do. But it still mm-hmm. was really cool. Um, it, it did a good job of covering up the fact that it was literally just them exiting a stage to another stage. Yeah. Like, it was a really clever way of doing it. It was still um, really good, though. They do it constantly in the new series because, uh, well, green screening is really fucking easy nowadays. Yes. Uh, <laughs> whereas back then it was not. Yes. Um, plus also <laughs> the way they built the Let's stand in the, the very TARDIS... obvious teleportation square. Well, yes. Plus, plus also the, um, the way they built the TARDIS set in some, in some episodes, uh, where they built the TARDIS literally does just open up onto the the actual interior of the TARDIS. Yeah. Um, yeah God, I love those uh, sets. Um, <sighs> uh, They're really good sets. They are really, really good sets. Um, uh, what else is there? There's a whole heap. Uh, like the camera tripping over its own wire? Well, yes, but that's a constant thing that happens. Um, yes. There were a lot of fuck-ups in this episode, actually. Would it surprise you if Hmm. uh, I told you that the working title for this story was Mind Control? (gasps) I would have never seen that coming! Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Jesus fucking wasn't that exciting. It was just a little bit exciting. (laughs) Like, no, I would have never have seen that coming. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. Uh, other than that, the writer, apparently, when he saw, like, the costumes and that of the sensor rights, he thought they looked a little bit silly. He was like, they might be a little bit silly. They might be a little bit silly. It's okay, though. It's okay to be silly. Hey, yeah, I mean, I'm glad you understand it. Also, uh... Remember how I told you he wrote a story about him, uh, about uh, base, uh, British war crimes and World War Two yeah. and such? 
uh, he based that and this story on the fact that he actually served in World War Two, and he spent oh. time in a Japanese prisoner of war camp in World War Two. Oh, um, which is part of the reason how he got that uh, view on sort of conflict and war. Yeah, uh, you, it's it's very hard to go into the military, drink the Kool Aid, and then just keep wanting it. Honestly, I don't know. The Americans find a good way of doing it. Mm, I mean, yes and no. It's Does it's like 50, it's like fifty fifty. Sports team. Shut up. Hey, <laughs> hey, what's your favorite uh, war crime, Gam? What's your favorite US? You've been banned crime? off oh, of Twitch.tv. <laughs> uh, anyway. Anyway, next episode, final episode. Let's go. Final episode: A Desperate Venture. Uh, so, the crew lady is dragged into the same place as the disintegration room, um, and she's told to write John a letter and tell him that she is left for the spaceship. Her f- hair, I have to admit, is far less nice now that she's been kidnapped, but she still looks pretty potatoey. Um, wow. They... They worry that she may have been lying to them, but they're like, all right, fine, we'll just give it anyway. And then Barbara's back! Yeah! Barbara! Barbara's back! Barbara's back! And they instantly know that the crew lady was lying because they're like, yeah, they would, she would have like told us that and there would be no reason for her to go on ahead without us. Um, so what does that mean to you? <laughs> It means that she's in trouble and or someone forced her to write it and she's probably been kidnapped. And Barbara's like, yeah, no, I understand all of this exactly as it's happening because I just got here and it's really obvious from a third person point of view. And I'm just like, yes, no one has to explain anything to you. I love you, Barbara. Um, And so Barbara just shows the letter to the main elder and he's like, this is obviously a lie. She couldn't have gone to the ship without me, like, commanding someone to do it, obviously. Um, Can I just say, I love that this episode uh, could have easily fallen into so many traps of drama for drama's sake, but it actively, like avoids it almost in like a case of yeah this doesn't matter like the the framing the doctor for murder and this whole kidnap plot they could have they could have spun that into something and made it go for a long time they're like oh no here's this thing we resolved it fuck it don't worry about it yeah um i also will say i really enjoyed that the main bad guy is kind of a bumbling idiot so yeah so it's it's not even so much like I'm going to cause drama. It's just like I'm going to do a thing because I think it's right, and people are like, <laughs> "You're just stupid," and we figured it out. <laughs> like that's all it is. Um, so the elder assures them that she's not being held in any room there, except you know, the disintegration room, which isn't there. Uh, it's apparently in the courtyard underneath the courtyard, and not part of this like compound they're like okay well i guess that's where she is and then we cut to ian and the doctor figuring out that they're fucked and they're like huh weird these weapons don't work at all and this map is all fucked up these are just ping pong paddles now (laughs) and then we cut back to john sneaking into the disintegration room uh trying to attack the city guy or Ooh, no, my... it was it was the one that followed him. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't the now second elder. Cooking. 
Um, and he's like, no, if you do that, I'm going to kill her with this. And he's like, no, don't do that. And she pulls the plug on the cord that was going to electrocute her. And it causes like some sparks and they're like, haha, we win. And then they make really loud noises. And he's like, no, <laughs> no. Um, no, don't make loud noises that hurts. No, no please my stop. ears. No, please, please stop. No. My ears are no. no, I can only listen to ASMR. No. How great would it have been if they <laughs> they had to like whisper the all of the episodes and they had like ASMR mics? No, no. That would have been fucking hilarious. No, whatever you do. I'm, I'm just gonna scratch. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna take this disintegration key. <laughs> And put it into. Yeah, let me just get put this disintegration key in the. <laughs> As someone who hates ASMR, dark, I'm dark, so sorry. Don't, don't fight me. I no, you can't take the key. Oh no, you took the key. that key. I was gonna use it to kill the intruders. What are you doing? Oh my god. Okay. 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 We need to finish. I'm crying. Uh, the first elder is talking to the now second elder about figuring out who proof about who killed the real second elder. And then they question the guy who they captured. And he's like, they're not telling us who his accomplice is. But we found out that the map and the weapon are useless. And they ask the first elder for help. And he's like, I can't. And then he's like, actually, I can and then we cut to the doctor <laughs> and Ian wandering around and they're suddenly growling and Ian says he'll hit it with this rolled up map like he's gonna punish a cat but apparently it was a man and it was a survivor from that spaceship that we learned about forever ago um Susan then flubs her words for the first time in flubs her, the, words. her words for the first time uh that I've noticed at least congrats to her Congrats to her. Yeah. Um, Barbara is given a mind sensor to be able to talk to Susan so that when she goes down to the aqueducts, they can talk to Susan because Susan is still kind of psychic. She is. Apparently. Uh, they, they elaborated on further in like the 70s. Actually, even in the 60s, they kind of do. Um. They never really, like, outright say it, but uh, Time Lords have sort of a not inherent, like, psychic ability, but they are Mm -hmm. inherently, like, they have some sort of level of psychic connection, but it's not like they can read minds. Uh, Yeah. Some are stronger than others. Like, Susan's is is actually stronger than the Doctor's. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it comes up more with someone like the Master, who is a master of hypnotism. Mm. Uh, uses actual hypnotism to get what he wants. Um, yeah. yeah. Time Lord, it's something they kind of never really, like, elaborate on, and like, well, back on our planet, everyone fucking hypnotizes each other. It's yeah. a fucking disaster. Uh, so they, It's uh, just sort of a throwaway sort of thing. Yeah. I was gonna say, at this point, um, is when we talk, when Susan wonders why the Elder trusts everyone, And he's like, wow, your earthlings are so weird. And she's like, oh, I'm not from Earth. I'm from a place where the sky is orange and the trees are silver and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, okay. And then I literally wrote, remember this for some reason because you told me to. Yeah, I told Um, you to. And then I I 
you know, paid it off because I was like, yes, hey, remember this from this episode? And you're like, oh. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. hell yeah. Yeah. Um, so the doctor is now like marking pipes and walls with some chalk slash a stone to like mark the directions they're going so they get less lost, which is smart. Um, and they quietly make a joke to each other like, <laughs> it's so quiet, it's almost like there's an ambush happening. And, and then they get ambushed by two men with pointy sticks. Um, and they walk up. And they're like, oh, I'm glad Listen, our army finally came. tough. Yeah. They, they're, like, it makes me wonder where they got these really pointy sticks from, honestly. Um, so they're like, oh, is the war with the Censorites over? Are they all dead? And they're like, okay, well, let's go see number three. And these are number one and number two. Let's go see number three. <laughs> Because they're like they don't they don't need names. Just name them one, two, and three. They're not going to be in the episode long enough. It's fine. Well, they they call um, them like number one. It, it's a hierarchical structure. I know, but it felt like they were just trying to not give them names. Um, so we see yeah, yeah. Barbara and John heading into the aqueduct, and Susan is asking her to speak while she thinks because she can't fully understand what she's saying, and it's kind of muddy. I mean, it was, and. I, I, can I also just say it was also kind of like meant to be like a parallel between them and the Censorites. Like, wow, the Censorites call themselves the first, second, third elders, and wow, the humans are kind of the yes. same. Wow. Anyway, keep going. Yes, time is flat. Um, we keep oh, seeing people crawling through, and Barbara finds the map and the marks on the Barbara. wall. Um, and Ian and the doctor are making marks on the walls as they go down further and farther to go find number three, but no one notices this. Um, but I guess also dark. they weren't, they also weren't really their captives. So I can kind of forgive it. Well, it's very um, dark down there as well. It's pitch black. Remember? Okay. Then how were they able to, Never mind. Alright, so they keep talking about how they're planning a war in shit against the Censorites and how they're going to put more Nightshade into pipe number seven this time. Uh, and they tell him the war is over and, and the Censorites are all dead and the planet is now humans. And they're like, oh, cool. Great. So we're going to go back. It's like, yeah, the, all the, the Millennium is yours. They're like, oh, you know about that. Like, it's mine. And they're like, no, yeah, it's yours. They're like, no, seriously. It's mine. And they're like, no, yeah, it it's yours, crazy person. Um, yes, totally and get that. Take it, take it. He apparently also blew up his own spaceship. And it's not really explained entirely why. Yes, and it they is. Is it? I guess I just didn't catch the, the, it. Why? The, 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 the second sensor ride essentially caused him to go a bit mad. Yeah, and, like, I know that. He he thought that the two who left had deserted him. Okay. Uh, so he was like, the only I, I I can't let anyone else know about this. If they escape, they'll tell other people. So they've got to be punished. I've got to kill them. Okay, uh, that makes more sense. Which is what the second elder wanted. Well, not the second mm -hmm. elder, sorry. The city administrator wanted as well. Because mm -hmm. it's like, well, he hates... He fucking hates humans. Yeah. He... Yeah. Um. Okay, so... Barbara and wow, I forgot his name for a minute. Uh, John, uh, find 
them finally and he gets angry at Ian and the doctor saying that they lied and he's like y'all are gonna get court marshaled like <laughs> court marshal we're, we're gonna we're gonna take you to court and you're gonna get court marshaled soldier it's like take all right cool and they're all excited to see them and they they're like hey let's go out and see the sunshine since all the sensorites are dead and the head leader and someone else are at the entrance and they're like hey you're not gonna let people escape um back into the duct and they're like all right cool um and so then they capture them when they all come out and the leader goes to attack him and the warrior sensorite paralyzes the main human leaders like you know i could have killed him and the doctor's like yeah you could have he's like I could have, like, but yeah, you didn't. You could have, but you didn't. He's like, yeah, but I could have. And I'm like, why is this interaction continuing? <laughs> All right. And then the interaction ends. And then it just ends. And they apparently had their minds west with because they tried to transmit, and their brains got all fucky wucky. And they then thought they were at war with the sensorites, which is why they were poisoning them. And they went back, t they were being shipped back to Earth by the current crew that was there. Um, so John, Claire, and Peter? Was it Peter? He never comes Peter. back up, so. Um, so he's shipped back to Earth to be dealt with. Um, Susan is now sad that she won't be able to really read minds after this, and like she's pretty much sad and he's like there's no reason to be sad right and it's just like oh okay um <laughs> and they're like i want and susan literally goes i want to go home like actually home when will we get home and she and the doctor literally goes not nah, traveling i'm in space is good enough for us right and she just kind of looks at him <laughs> that's that's and doctor code for I, I'm not going to be able to get us fucking back home. I'm yeah. sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ian kind of also comes up and makes a joke about, like, haha, time for us to go home. And the doctor's like, shut the fuck up. Next time we are going to a planet, I am dropping you off. Like, you are getting out of the spaceship and I am leaving you. Just like, okay, why is this happening? I hate this doctor. He's such an asshole. Oh, and the next episode is called Land of Fear. Land of Fear? Wah! Oh, no. Ah! Ah! So, ah! so, the Sensorites. Mm -hmm. How'd you enjoy it? I didn't dislike it. I, I, there were a lot of parts that I liked of it. I would actually give this like a seven. Oh, a right? seven. Right? Right? I mean, there are, of course, parts that I'm just like, why the fuck is this happening um, for tension? But, uh, I mean, if I would watch it again. Maybe not in any time in the near future or the next five years, but I'd watch it again. Yeah, well, that's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like 7 to 10, I would watch it again. And then from there, like... Yeah. And then from there, it's just like the three levels of how soon I would watch it. Like, in the next ten years, and like, the next 
three or four years and then like i would want to watch this like next month yeah you know what that's probably that's probably a good good way to go about it like yeah seven and up is like you'd want to watch it again and then it's based on how like it, it, I, i'd assume 10 would be like hey after we record this do you want to watch it again like you'd be like yes. yeah you know what yeah i would it would have to be the literal perfect episode but yes you know what there's some really good ones there's some really good ones not in we'll the wait. 60s uh personally we'll they're in the 80s there. but there are a mm-hmm. few okay i don't know if you would want to watch them again <laughs> but i i could watch them over and over and over because i just i i love them anyway all right well so next episode uh the reign of terror that's a the, i'm i'm not going to say what it's about but if you're in the know you know what the reign of terror is hint hint nudge nudge uh it's uh-huh. also the finale of season 1 oh Ooh. i have to draw myself as the next companion <laughs> well not the next companion you're just the next companion fucking... clothes well the ne- yeah the next set of clothes to differentiate yeah. between seasons cuz like hey that'll be fun yeah um, yeah, so, uh, Dia's gonna Emma. force me to do this. Yes, I am. If I don't do it, she will. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you, you would have already seen this if you, uh, looked on, found this through Twitter, because I'll be linking it through Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, Dia has kind of forced me to create a Patreon for this. Mm -hmm. Because Um, we would like to continue doing this for a while. And it's much easier to put time away to do this when there's a bit of stability for it. That that's true. Plus also it 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 kind of allows for in in incentives in a way of like like do you kind of offhandedly mention you wanna you wanna I wanna I wanna I wanna I wanna talk about it. We're doing commentary track for each episode now, so if you want to, well, yeah, that too. Want to listen to us make That's dumb not what fucking I jokes? Yeah. While we watch it, and I'm uh, getting frustrated because we start talking and then we don't pause the episode while we're talking. Yeah, and well, most of the time it's because like if if it's if it's something important, I, I'll tell you, or like I will yeah. pause it and then I'll inf- I'll be pissed off at myself for doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um. Yeah, if you want to hear that. Plus, also, uh, you can get um, the link to Dia's notes, which honestly are actually kind of worth it because she doesn't just write what happens. She, you write quite literally, very yes. emotively. Yes. Uh, you get very angry in some of your notes. <laughs> yes. And it's hilarious. Um, so, like, for example, when we were talking about how they were mustaches today um but they were actually whiskers i am just like in all caps like i hate these beards what are these beards i fucking hate these beards oh no they're whiskers like that's a whole thing so yeah i i um yes uh but yeah other than that it's like um like this is not a, a sort of thing where it's like if we don't get like we're not going to no, continue no, this no, no, if no. we don't get like continued support on Patreon. We're going to keep doing this regardless because this is something we're I legitimately this... want to do. Yes, we're doing uh, this because well, we're friends for one, regardless of we... what it may seem like. We are actually friends, um, and 
we actually enjoy each other's company to some extent. Um, and we've been wanting... Shut the fuck up. We've been wanting to do this for a while. Gam specifically. But can, can I mention Can I mention the one the thing that I'm going to get out of I, I mean, you if getting you more? want... I would I like just, to. I, don't make a big deal about it. It's just very important to me. Because your whole thing is Doctor Who, right? And well, we were and like, a few other things. Yeah, but your, your main thing is like Doctor Who to share with me. And I'm like, okay, well... What would I have to share with Gam? And there's really, there wasn't a lot of like drama style style shows that I could share with Gam, but the one thing I could share with Gam is my love of horror movies, and not just good horror movies, very bad ones. <laughs> so, yes. so we were thinking about doing probably what was it monthly? I think or so. We were going to yeah, find monthly. a movie on Amazon Prime or a movie that, like, I actually know is a decent horror movie, and we were going to make you watch it and make you talk about it, since you are not in any way a horror movie buff. Um, you you don't like horror movies at all, whereas I adore well, I, them. Okay, okay, it's not that I don't like horror movies. It's that I, 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 I'm very weird. I really like psychological horror. I hate mm -hmm. watching it because I hate being scared and I absolutely <laughs> cannot stand gore. Yes. Because I'm so empathetic. I can yes. like, I, I, I look at something happening and I'm like, oh God, oh no, oh God, what if that yes. happened to me? And yeah. I cannot stand jump scares because... I don't like jump scares either. That, that's not good horror. That's cheap horror. It's it's shitty horror and it legitimately yeah. ruins things for me. Yes. It's like, so... okay... I feel awful now, and it's just like, you've lost me completely, movie. That's yes. what you get. So it's like, I, I've actually started trying to branch out in the past few mm -hmm. years to be like, I want to watch some horror movies. Like, I've watched, I, I don't know if you'd call Cube an actual horror movie. I would call it, it a psychological horror. It, it but is. I really fucking like Cube. I love Cube. the Cube. Tr the Cube trilogy is fantastic. The first Cube movie's really good. There are no sequels to that movie. Oh sure, okay. We're gonna okay. Um, so you are to, not gonna to, get me to watch them. To explain it, the best way that I found to describe it to people was a combination of red letter media, which both me and Gam adore. Uh, how they how they tend to watch very shitty movies, um, as well oh, as mystery man. science theater, having the commentary track over it. So there's I mean, a. A stretch goal on our Patreon for, what was it, $100, I think? That if we get $100 monthly, we will start talking about some horror movies. And potentially, if we feel like it and have the ability to, we could do maybe Twitch watch parties, even though they're US only, or share them over a Discord or something and Discord all watch, watch them parties. together. Yeah, Discord yeah, watch yeah. parties, things like that. Like, there, there's options. We just have to be able to make it something stable before we want to branch out basically so anyway yeah so yeah that's a that's a, a dumb patreon goal that i set because i was like mm -hmm. that that would be interesting as a goal i also set a few meme goals because come on yes I, I you, have to. you have to you have to you have to uh mm -hmm. anyway this this fucking thing's gone oh yeah also there'll be like early access to the a week early access to the next episodes yes uh, not next week's episode because it's 
we're not going to be able to record next week's episode no. today it or is, this week. For me, it is already 7 a.m. I refuse to do another episode regardless of how short it is. From next even, week onwards. Yeah, re- from recording a three-part episode, it still generally takes us like four hours. So Whoa. it just... Yeah. Hour and a half okay. to talk, like 30 anyway. minutes to like do things and... Hour anyway, or two to watch seven the show. Out, se- seven out of ten. You liked seven it. You'd watch it again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next episode, Reign of Terror. Hint, hint. Nudge, nudge. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Patreon is a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't feel obligated. Patreon.com forward slash gambler. Specifically. Damn it, I was about to say, I hope you don't remember what it is. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. It, it, also, oh yeah. Also, uh, if you're listening to this on, on SoundCloud, uh, someone, re- you- I forget who, sorry. Uh, reached out to me and was like, hey, can you put this on Spotify? Because it'd be a lot easier for me to listen to. And I was like, sure, I can look into it, but I can't promise anything. Turns out it's really fucking easy to put shit on Spotify. (laughs) It took like two minutes, which feels fucking weird. Yeah. So uh, it's now on Spotify. If you go to the the Patreon, there's a public link. There'll be a public link each week to the episode, but it'll have like where you can listen to it on Spotify and on SoundCloud. We'll we'll mention it in the quote unquote Twitter post that we post tomorrow morning. So yeah, that you would have seen this from. Okay. Anyway, goodbye. See you next episode. I'm so sorry. This is an hour and forty five minutes. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye.